just a heads up for you. We will be doing some Disney Parks and Beyond quiz nights. They'll be done via Zoom. We're working on how we're going to let you interact with the quizzes. And uh, the quiz is being hosted by our very own Mr. D. So the rest of the gang will be participating just as you are. And uh, I'm guessing we're going to look a lot more foolish than you are as well. Probably come joint last or something. Um, But we haven't announced the dates yet for the events. Uh, We're going to set them up on Facebook as events. But we'll also let you know on social media. So if you're not a member of the official Art Dark Network Facebook group, join that. And also follow us at Disney Parks Pod on Twitter. And when we announce the dates, we'll let you know on there. Um, So just a quick message. We hope you can join us and on with the show. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I am Nick and on this episode we are joined by another special guest. We, we keep just throwing more and more special guests at you guys. I don't think you appreciate how, uh, how great this all is for you. You know, you get to just sit here and listen to the wondrous guests that we get on. Uh, to be fair though, this is all Craig's handiwork. Craig is like the booker now of the show. So we, we have to uh, applaud him for doing it. And we can because Craig is here. I had the mute button on then. <laughs> All that time I was saying nice things about you and you're, you're responding to me and no one can hear what you're saying. Lost it was all good. Thank uh, you. Was it though? Uh, we are also joined, of course, by Mr. D. Hello there. 
Nice to talk to you again. You as well, sir. And our very special guest is uh, someone who's been on before, but not for a while. And he's here to discuss not only his new album, but also uh, the new intro and outro that we've been having for uh, the last few weeks. Uh, We're joined by Tom Amin. Hey, guys. So good to be back. Hello, Paul, Craig, Nick. So good to talk to you guys again. Good to talk to you, Tom. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Mr. Boniface. Uh, It's always (laughs) a delight to have you on. Um, You know, we don't get to have you on uh, anywhere near as often as we we would like to, but uh, you're 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 a busy man. We'll talk about the current situation in a minute, but you're normally a busy man. Um, But uh, yeah, these are strange times, right? (laughs) Everything's going weird in the world. I know, right? It's just so strange, and it's so it's so weird because it's the whole world, right? It's not just like it's the United States or London or Europe or going through. So it's the entire planet. So yeah. it's just a really, really strange time right now, I think. Yeah, it is, it is yeah. very, very, very bizarre. But before we get into more bizarre talk, uh, I really should start the show as we should do every, every episode, which is with what everybody's drinking. So uh, Craig, it's a Friday. What are you drinking? Cherry Pepsi Max. Oh, you, oh nice. You copycat. You absolute I'm, copycat. I'm staying uh, off the ale until the lockdown is over. Oh, well, fingers crossed it won't be too long then, Greg. Um, Mr. D, what are you drinking? I've, uh, I've got two for one. So I've got, uh, yeah, I've got an Edinburgh gin, it's a rhubarb gin liqueur. Ooh. And then I've also got a large cup of tea in my Walt Disney World mug. <laughs> Special mug. What <laughs> nice. combination that is. Yeah, um, gin comes first and then the tea. Well, fair enough. So it's a gin chaser, yeah? It is. Effectively, yeah. Um, Tom, have you got yourself a beverage? I do, actually. I have gone back to my Italian roots for a little bit, and I have some limoncello. It's that uh, lemon-flavored vodka, I think. It's Mm. from Sorrento, Mm. Italy. I love this stuff. So I I have it in the freezer, and I take it out every now and again for a special occasion. I thought, this is a great occasion. So I have a little bit I'll be sipping on throughout the show. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, and you're right about that. There's certain drinks that really benefit from being frozen because it, it doesn't actually freeze because of what it's made from. But when it's nice and like as cold as it is, it's so nice. Yeah, it just tastes, I don't know, it tastes better. Someone told me once to freeze it. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest drinker in the world, so mm. I don't know that much about alcohol. But when I was purchasing limoncello, they said, make sure to put it in your freezer so it stays chilled. And that's what I've done. And it, you're right. It just tastes so good when it's chilled like that. It's really, really tasty. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I made that mistake once. I bought what I thought was a cheap, cheapish bottle of vodka. It turned out it was schnapps, which I didn't <laughs> realize is not, it doesn't have as much alcohol in it. So when I stuck it in the freezer to freeze, it literally did freeze and we couldn't use it until it defrosted. So oh, man. If, it, if there's enough alcohol in it, it won't freeze solid. It will just stay very, very cold. So right, um, right. I, I don't know a lot about alcohol, but I did find it out the, uh, the hard way. Um, I have got a can of pink gin and diet lemonade. So I'm just using up the last of the reserves. So uh, gin geez, is everyone. absolutely everywhere isn't it mm. everyone is on the pink gin it's a trendy drink isn't it mm. it's a phenomenon 
Yeah. <laughs> my wife, um, my wife is, sorry, sorry, how rude of me. My wife, she's very into um, pink gin and lemonade. I don't drink gin and lemonade, except in this pre-mixed can. Um, you know, gin should always be of tonic, but she doesn't like tonic. She's a lemonade drinker, so that's how she drinks it. And apparently that's a thing now. So mm. there you go. Um, but Tom, um, you know, going back to um, your album, which you you released, uh, what was it in? Was it March it came out? Uh, yes, late February, early March, around that right. time. Okay. And this is, I mean... You, you've done previous collections of, um, you know, famous Disney songs in your own uh, unique style. Uh, but this one seems to have a, a theme going for it of it being um, more traditional, more, not even, I would say traditional, because some of the, the song choices on there I thought were uh, very surprising. It's not the, the very obvious songs um, or the very well-known songs in some cases, but they all appear to be from a similar kind of era. Yes. I called the album Old Time Magic because I wanted to do um, an album that was music from about the 1930s through the 1970s. And the reason why I did that is it's based on a book that I have. It was my first real Disney song book I had after I had started learning piano and was getting proficient at it. Uh, My parents got me this Disney song book which was a really beautiful like collector's edition. And it has all kinds of pictures in it and colored photos from each movie that has the, the like when you go to the page with the song, there's a colored photo on the top that has the star of the movie on it. Uh, like Davy Crockett, the song is in that book and it's got a picture of Davy Crockett on the cover or on the, on the page. And there was a whole foreword in the book, about 20 or 30 pages of the history of Walt Disney and his movies and all that cool stuff. It was a really awesome book. And because I got it, I mean, I must have got it in 1978 or something, 1979. The songbook goes from the 30s and it stops at the 70s because that was the current, the current movies that the songbook has at the very end are Freaky Friday and Pete's Dragon. Like those are right. the last two entries. So hmm. I thought it would be kind of fun to do um, a songbook uh, album of that era of the music and see how it goes. Yeah. And I mean, obviously a lot of people look back at the songs from the older films as, as being, you know, completely timeless, you know, Mm -hmm. even now, um, a lot of those songs, people, you know, my kids know who, you know, obviously weren't around when Snow White uh, first came out. In fact, even Mr. D wasn't around when Snow White first came out. I wasn't. uh, (laughs) Just to check. Same Um, time around, maybe. (laughs) So on the rerun. Oh, one of the many. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, you know, all of those those films are timeless and a lot of those songs are timeless as well. And I think what's so good when, you know, you kind of, um, I wouldn't say like necessarily deconstructs, but you do play them in your own kind of style, I think. And it, it's really good to hear those songs differently to how you're used to hearing them. I, well, thank you, because that's what the goal of the album is, is always to try to do something a little bit different. And a lot of times, being different means just playing it on, on a piano, like a solo piano song. But I wanted to take some of the arrangements, kind of turn them on their head a little bit, maybe do different kind of um, styles with the songs, different interpretations. That's kind of what I wanted to do with this album. 
but yet make it relatable and not so far out there that people wouldn't like it. Uh, I just try to do something that's grounded, but yet a lot of fun and just put my own spin on it. And that's why I chose the songs that I did because I had a whole list of songs that I was choosing from, but you go through and you start to play them and then you think, ah, oh, this one might not work. Or you think this one just sounds too much like the original song, or this one doesn't quite work in this key or whatever. So I landed on the 12 songs that I thought were pretty good. And uh, I'm pretty proud of it. It's a, it's a different album for me. I, I, it sounds different to me. I love the songs because they're classic old songs and some of them you don't hear much anymore. So I thought that was kind of fun to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, obviously you very kindly um, let me almost uh, take my pick of of what songs, because I said, you know, we're relaunching a podcast and, you know, it'd be really great to, we've, we've featured your music in the shows before and, um, you know, it'd be really great to, you know, be able to use some of your music, but also, you know, timely because the album's just coming out as well. And the song that I, I chose as our new intro music um, was Hi Ho, which is the first song nice. on the album anyway. And what I didn't think about until later on, and Craig and Mr. D, I'm not sure if you even remember this, but we used to use Hi Ho, or, or the... the Because uh, Hi Ho is, is almost two songs, isn't it? Almost. It's called Hi Ho, but you've got that bit at the beginning, which is almost like a different song. Um, and we used to have that as our intro music for Diz After Dark, you know, back in the early days. Uh, so I, I subconsciously picked that song and then thought afterwards, my God, that's what we used to have when we first started. So it was quite fitting, actually, that we've got a new podcast now, but it still has, you know, some remnants of the old podcast that's really cool i need to go back and listen to the old podcast then because i can't remember that that's that's a good reason if any craig to go and listen to them and see how we've evolved hopefully as well <laughs> some of those early ones before mr d were a yeah. little bit rough um but yeah i mean hi ho absolute classic um i love both parts of the song anyway and there's just something really nice about your interpretation of the song that it's just soft and gentle and nice and you know it, it's just beautiful to listen to i was playing it with i was playing the album to my my daughter earlier like a, a few hours before we started the, the show and uh you know, she was just dancing around and just smiling the whole time and it was it was joyful and you know hi-ho is um you know it's, it's just one of the beautiful songs on the album Thank you so much. That's actually one of my favorite songs I did. And that was the first song I recorded for the album as well. That was the oh. first song I wanted to do. I've, I've always loved that song. It's a great song. Uh, like you said, it, it's fun to listen to. It's fun. It's a fun melody. And a lot of people don't know that beginning of the song. They think of hi-ho and they just think of the main refrain. Yes. But they did. There was a whole song, the intro before that. And it was really cool to do. And I... I wanted to do a unique yet fun arrangement of that song, just a little bit different. And so that's why I did it in the beginning. It's really soft and stuff. And then the refrain gets a little loud, a little poppy, and then it goes back to softness uh, towards the end. But it was a lot of fun to do because that melody is just so beautiful. And it's mm. fun to sing. And it's very catchy. Because once you sing it, like, don't you feel like it gets stuck in your head? I was humming it. 
I, I was making dinner. Um, so a few hours after I heard it, and I was just humming it to myself. But interestingly, I was humming your version because that was oh, the version nice. I just listened to. So it wasn't just nice. the song in general, but it was at the at the tempo. So it's it's slightly slower than okay. uh, the the song in the film. Um, but but yeah, so I was kind of doing that more slowed down, relaxed version that you've you've got on the album. Cool. Well, thank you. I will take that as a compliment. Thank you so much. No, but if you need me to um, to write a note for the CD cover or something, you know, like when you see uh, <laughs> you buy a DVD and there's like a, a critics review or something on the back of the cover, um, right. you know, you can you can use that. You know, that's that's completely fine. Just, um, just with a little picture of little picture of your head with a muzzy and a, a cravat on as well. Uh, well, I do like a cravat. You're you're quite right. So yes. five stars, five stars beside it. That's it exactly. And a, and a Paul McCartney thumbs up. Oh, double 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 thumbs up. Absolute double thumbs up. Um, the second song on the album is uh, "Love Is a Song." Yes, from Bambi. Now. I've got to say, I don't think I've ever watched Bambi all the way through. I'm not oh, sure why, really? but... Because it's traumatic. <laughs> That's why. That well, movie is so depressing to me. Mm. It just, I love it, but it's so sad to me. Mm. Did you know, I read this somewhere, that when that movie came out, the hunting industry that year dropped by, by half. It was like a $40 wow. million dollar industry. It went down wow. to 20 million that year after Bambi came out. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, that's that's it, interesting. Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, I love the movie, but I always find it very sad and melancholy. But I loved. They it has good music in the film, and "Love Is a Song" is just a great, really pretty melody. I thought, and that's why I wanted to include it in the album because it's so pretty. The words are really nice, even though I know I, there's no words on the album; it's instrumental. But the words in the movie are really pretty. I just really, I've always really liked that song. Mm-hmm. I think this is my per- personal favourite on the album. I'm oh, tall. oh, thank I'm you. And, and I've never seen Bambi, so I can't put <laughs> what. I can't. okay, you got to gotta watch it. You you have to watch it one time. You have to. I, I will because of this song. I will now watch Bambi, so I can't put the song into the context of the film, so it just stands out for me. <laughs> You got so it's just, a classic, Mister. Mister. We give you a, should we give you a heads up on what happens, or just say just bring your box of Kleenex? Oh, I think the, the thing. I think the problem with Bambi is the fact that even though I know that I've I've seen bits of it at least, but I've never sat and watched mm. the whole thing. But I think that the problem is, and this happens a lot with um, things that are very popular in, in pop culture, is that you you know what happens in the film without seeing it, so. Mm. A few years ago, this is going off on a tangent, but of course that's what I do. Um, when me and Craig went to Halloween Horror Nights, um, one of the houses that year was The Shining. And I had never seen The Shining, and I wanted to watch it before I went and didn't get a chance to. But I felt that I recognised a lot of what was going on in that house because I've seen the either the clips in the film or I've seen references to it in other you know, TV shows and sketches and, and things like that, mm-hmm. that you, you almost have seen it without seeing it. And I feel that Bambi is a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah, possibly, huh? Yeah. Oh, Craig, I think we've got another Disaster Dark recording that we need to do. Yeah. We'll do a Bambi special. I'm going to put it on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Now, Lavender Blue is uh, an interesting song because it, if I'm, I'm sure I read this, so I could well be wrong, but wasn't it like a traditional folk song? That's what I thought. It's based on that, I think, mm. but I'm not sure because I've actually never seen this movie that it's from. I've never, uh, what's the movie called? Oh, it's escaping my tongue right now, but I, I never saw the movie, Cinderella? but I've always, no, 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 it's, it was a live action, oh. Lincoln Live. Yes, I sorry, can, yeah. Oh, it'll come to me, but I've always loved that song. That's a song that I've heard since I was a kid. And I don't even remember the first time hearing it. It might've been if in the wonderful world of Disney or something, or maybe one time when we went to Disney World, I'm not sure, but I've always loved that song. I thought it was a really pretty melody. And I actually sang the song. I do sing like now and again, I'll sing vocals and stuff. And I always sang that song uh, in my twenties and thirties, I'd say it was a good range for my voice. And then I was part of a cabaret show here in LA and I sang that song while the other actors did their costume changes, they had me come out and sing Lavender Blue. So I, I kind of have a like an affinity for the song. It's just it's a really pretty melody to me. So I've just read it up. It was in the Disney film um, from 1948, which I've never heard of, called So Dear to My Heart. Yeah, which, that's, yeah. Which apparently it was like a, a bit similar to Song of the South, that um, it was live action and, and animated. But I didn't think I was going crazy because I said Cinderella, which obviously it's not in Cinderella. However, it's in the live action Cinderella. Oh, it is? Yeah. So I mean, I've 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 only ever caught bits and pieces of it. So okay, (laughs) one of the the live action ones I haven't watched all the way through. But um, yeah, so it's got a double Disney connection, really. There you go. Wow. Um, it's a great song. It's a really pretty song. It's really nice. And and I think that's the the great thing about an album like this is because, you know, I'm looking at the track listing and I'm thinking, okay, so I, I know Hi-Ho. Love is a song. I'm not sure what that's from. Um, mm-hmm. The wonderful thing about Tiggers, I think I can guess where that's from. Um, you know, <laughs> like the Bare Necessities, Baby Mine, I know where they're from, but they're, you know... We'll come to some of the other songs later on, but there was a lot of songs that I was like, I'm not sure what film that's from, or I'm not sure if I knew what that song was. And then listening to the album, I was like, okay, I do actually know what that song is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard that somewhere before. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Um, and so I think an album like this is is really good because it gives you such a mix of of different types and um, different ages of songs as well, really. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's why I was kind of going for that because the the uh, decades are so broad, like the 30s to the 90s, 70s. I mean, that's a, that's a long time. So I wanted to try to pick things from each decade if I could, or a little bit a little bit obscure um, things. I always find that's fun when I listen to an album, and I am listening to an artist, and I hear stuff or uh, cover songs that they've done, but a twist on it but it's obscure stuff that i might not have heard of and it then it makes you go and look it up like what is that from and then you want to hear the original just to see what the new one is compared to and it, i just always find that really interesting mm. and i think one of the um and luckily this comes up next really one of the the more interesting songs i found on the album was the wonderful thing about tiggers because <laughs> I, I saw it on there and i thought okay i know that song but how can you turn that into a uh, vocalless piano 
played piece of work. But it, it does work. It kind of works, doesn't it? It was always in my head to play it that way. The the original is really fast and bouncy because it's about Tigger. It's like that. But I thought, what if we slow it down just a little bit and make it more pop instead of just that that bouncy, 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 but still make it bouncy and fun. It's just a different spin on it. And I liked how it turned out. I thought it was pretty cool. The feel of it, I, I was, I really liked. And I had always heard the song that way what, uh, as a piano solo, not the original, but like reworking it as a solo. And basically what I did was, I mean, for those of you that, that know music or might have studied it, the original songs in six, eight timing, or th like, so there's like six beats in a measure. I changed that to four beats in a measure, which totally makes the song sound completely different. And that's, that's all I did really. And then just tried to work around that idea for the song. It works well. Um, and, and you can still hear the song. So even though it obviously sounds different, as you say, the speed of it is, is, is slowed down. So you mm -hmm. don't get as many beats, but you can still hear it. And you can still, because that's a song I know quite well, I can hear the words as you're playing as well nice. so nice. yeah it's it, it's i really liked it i was a bit like how's this gonna be but no it, it was uh, a really interesting take on it and it worked so cool. yeah, it, it still you. it still makes you want to bounce yes <laughs> that's good that's yeah. good um now someone's waiting for you is the next one and mm -hmm. this is again from a film i think i've only watched once maybe twice um which is the rescuers Yes. And yeah. I can't remember many songs from The, Res the Rescuers, but I remember this one because it was quite a, uh, a melancholy, um, you know, it was, it was the, the little girl singing, wasn't it? Right. She was, she, she's waiting to be adopted. She's an orphan. Yes. Remember? Right. And she, we love this movie. I was a kid in the 70s, so we really loved this movie. But that song always stood out to us. There was that song, and there was another song called, was it Come Along, Come Away, Tomorrow's a New Day? So, I, mean, I think there were only like two songs in the movie total. Mm -hmm. But that was the, the pretty ballad from that movie. It's just gorgeous. And I actually, it was another song that I used to sing all the time in high school. And it was just really pretty. And I wanted to put that on there because I didn't know if people remember that song. It's not the most popular Disney song ever, but I really, really always had a, a just an affinity for that song. So I wanted to put it on there uh, to see if people remember it. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I think it, it works as well because if people don't, you're discovering it. So <laughs> right. you'll go... You know, and what I did with a, a few of these was I went right. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if I remember that, so I'm, I'm now going to go and seek out the, the the one from the film, so I can just, you know, put that into place of how your version sounded to, um, you know, the original version. Um, so I think that's what's good about this as well is that you don't have to know all these songs, but if you enjoy them, you can then go and discover, you know, and, and maybe it's a good excuse now. A lot of people have got. Disney Plus and things like that. Of going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my hand up again. The rescuers. No, never seen the rescuers. <laughs> oh, shall uh, I just? Okay. <clears throat> I'm just gonna get get me coat and yeah, fold just go, go home. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Craig, Craig, we're gonna take away your Disney card. I can only apologise. Have you ever heard of Mickey Mouse? Do you know who he is? <laughs> I think he works in our chippy. <laughs> Uh, right, right. He doesn't work in your chippy. I know that for sure. 
Um, yeah, we we loved the rescuers. That was that was like a, a family favourite. Fantastic yeah. film. Yeah, my my, my wife loves it. Um, she's a big fan of the rescuers to the point where because because the rescuers is one of those films where it does seem to be really beloved, but you don't get much merchandise for it like you do a lot of the films. Right. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 about two years ago, I think. I'd gone on a trip to Disneyland Paris with left all the family at home because I'm just an awful uh, father and <laughs> husband. And um, I just wanted to, to, you know, I was going to bring the kids some, some stuff back. I wanted to get something for, for the wife. And um, I was really struggling um, trying to find her something because she's hard to buy for. She doesn't like T-shirts. Um, she doesn't like loads of cuddly toys and stuff like that. And then um, I found a Christmas ornament, which was... Uh, Bernard and Bianca in the uh, like sardine can, I think it was. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, that was that was fate because you never see any rescuer stuff, and then Mm. there's this brand new Christmas decoration. So uh, that's what came home, and she was uh, she was very pleased with it because again, wasn't expecting anything from the rescuers. So did any of you? Do any of you remember the this this the controversy with the rescuers, the scandal? Yes. Yeah, Ooh, I do. don't know that. I was I was just a kid, so tell me. I don't remember. Well, it was actually <laughs> later. It was actually later when it was released on video. It was recalled because oh. they had discovered that uh, an it was anime. The boobies, art, it? it was boobies. Yeah, it was. I think it was a reflection really? on a window. The scene where the is it an albatross? Uh, it's an albatross, and that they they ride uh-huh. on the back of the albatross in a sardine can, and it's gone through New York City, and you can see the image. It's you can't see it with the naked eye. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's like so fast. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was recalled, I think. Yeah, you could get that. You have to pause it at the right moment. <laughs> and, I uh, did not know that. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened a few times in Disney films, actually, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But that's wow. that's one of the more famous ones. And yeah, they had to, um, Disney had to go back to the original film footage, um, you know, change, you know, edit, edit that, that one frame. Okay. Uh, and then every release ever since has, has been with this. And, and as Mr. D said, you wouldn't even have noticed it. The chances no. are you wouldn't notice it. And even if you paused it at the right point now, you probably wouldn't have even spotted any difference. But yeah, they had to change. Oh it. my goodness! I... <laughs> so if you've got if you've got a copy of the DVD, uh, the uh, the video with the boobies in it, it's probably worth quite a lot of money now. <laughs> that is crazy. I have to tell you that Craig just sent me the picture to look at. <laughs> um, I, I never, I mean, I never have ever seen that, ever. He probably had they're, a handy on his phone, I'm guessing. Yeah. They're, they're actual real boobies and not cartoon. I yeah. was expecting cartoon boobies. No, oh, it, was, yeah. it was actually a porn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, they were having fun that day, I guess, on the oh, side. Yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I've never, I mean, I've never seen that. So that's wild. That's uh, wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. John Lasseter. Dear, dear. No, it probably wasn't. Probably wasn't. Slightly Straight before back. his time, just, just yeah. uh, for his lawyers listening. <laughs> yeah. The jury um, will ignore that remark. <laughs> we revoke that comment. <laughs> yeah. um, now, the bare necessities. I mean, we've heard so many different versions. Um, even even recently, um, was, it, was it Robbie Williams, Craig? Yeah, Did he I think do so. It? Or, or on the Jungle Book, it was on the Jungle yeah. Book remake. Well, yeah, yeah, that as well. Yeah, of course. The remake. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's one of them songs that um, a Disney TV TV show star type person always seems to roll out and record. It seems to come mm-hmm. out every couple of years. Yeah, but this is this is this is just one of the three songs on the album that I struggle, which is my favourite. Hi ho, nice. love is a song and bare necessities. Just because it's different to to what the original is. Oh, that thank you. I wanted that one for bare necessities. I wanted to make it just a little slower and just more. Um, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like casual, carefree. I wanted to keep all of that in the song but just make it a little bit different and make it my own and i totally thought about the whole time when i was recording it in the remake of the jungle book the live action do you remember they only had this song in that one scene when they were floating down the river right yes. in Belize, and they were just humming it or whistling it or something i thought that was so clever how they put that song in there and i thought about that the whole time i was recording it because i kind of wanted that kind of feeling of it yeah I, and the thing is, again, because it's been done so many times, nearly every version of it sounds pretty similar. Like, uh-huh. the arrangement is always, you know, in the same kind of style. It's at the same tempo. You might have a, a couple of different instruments or something, but, you know, none of the cover versions I've ever really listened to sound that much different from the original. Yeah, it's well, the original so perfect as it is. It's a classic. Yeah. You know, it's a fun, spunky little number, and the words are great. The bare necessities of life, it's got a great message. So it's, I mean, it's a classic for a reason. That's probably why a lot of people kind of keep it the way it is. Uh, but I just want to do something a little different. And I think it's easier when you're just doing, like, I'm doing solo piano. So it's probably a little bit easier to take that song and do something a little different because I wasn't singing it. I didn't have other instruments on it. So I was able to play around with it more, I think, because it was just on the piano. Mm. And, and it, it, you know, it was good to hear a different version of it. Um, I was just thinking actually about the Jungle Book. Like, I don't, I think the remake's good actually, but I, mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, I don't think the original casting of the Jungle Book, maybe I watched it too much as a kid, I don't know. I don't think it's wonderful, but Mm-mm. as a collection, as a as a film with a collection of songs, I struggle to think of a film that has so many good songs in it that you remember. Like I think all the songs in the Jungle Book film are incredible. They're awesome. Yeah, it's got great music. I kind of feel the same way you do. Like I, I like the movie. I've always liked it. It's never been a favorite of mine. I don't gravitate toward it first when I go to play something, you know, or I want to see a Disney movie. But the songs in that movie are just, they're phenomenal. They're awesome. Yeah. Now, I do have a confession to make. I said I listened to this album, and I did. But I didn't listen to every track because I just saw Baby Mine, and I was like, (laughs) I'm not, I can't do this to myself right now. That song, whichever version it is I hear, whether I hear the original one from the film or um you know various cover versions or even the one there was a small snippet of it in the the live action done by wasn't there um the the tim burton one um that song just just ruins me so i was like you know what i can't i can't take this right now so i, I didn't <laughs> listen to it i i imagine it was wonderful 
Um, but I just could not put myself to hear that song again. That's another song. I totally agree with you. It's Dumbo and Bambi, I think, are so, they're great movies, but they're so, de- they're, to me, they're depressing mm. and they're melancholy. Like, they're just, they're just, they're great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're awful. They're really awesome films, but I'm so sad after I watch them. And I felt the same with Dumbo because Dumbo's just, I mean, I don't even know what to say to get into it, but it always made me really sad. But I love the song Baby Mine because it's the mom talking to her son, you know, to, to Dumbo and telling him he's okay and he's perfect the way he is. And if people knew, if they knew all about you, what they would do, what they give for the right to hold you. Like there's all these things, like he was this outcast, uh, you know, animal, but yet his mom saw the beauty in him. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful message. And I've always loved Baby Mine, but I'm, I agree with you. Every time I hear it, like I tear up because mm. it's a beautiful mm. song, but it's haunting. I really think the song has a haunt. It's haunting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, I think that sums it up quite well. Jesus Christ, even you talking about the song <laughs> and how it's used in the film, I've got yeah. goosebumps uh, while you're, you're, you're saying it. Um, have you seen um, the, the Tim Burton version? Now, I have not. I have not seen the remake yet. So is it good? I, I don't know. Well, it's, it's very mixed. Like, I, I really have a lot of time for it because unlike, um, and I mean, The Lion King is by far the worst culprit for this, but um, a lot of the, the remakes, obviously, some of them are quite close to the original cartoon and others, um, you know, it kind of expand on some of the ideas or do things in, in a different way. And with Dumbo, the first 20 minutes or so of the film is like a condensed remake of Dumbo. And then the rest of the film is like a whole new story. It's like what happens after the cartoon. And I think that's brilliant because, you know, everyone was just expecting another Disney live action remake. You know, we've seen the film already. This is going to be the live action version. But actually, Mm -hmm. the majority of the film is almost like a follow-up to it. So it's got wow. a completely different story. And so I really like that. But um, I know that that is not a view shared by by everybody. I mean, Mr. D, Craig, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it, I saw it in the movies. But... No. It's another... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you seen North either of three? Three? I've seen the original Dumbo, yeah. Not the right. new one. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I, I had mixed feelings about the new one. I um, some of it I liked, and some of it I I thought was a bit odd. But I probably should see it again because sometimes when you see things for a second time, uh, mm. and again because you know the original and you've got these expectations because of the original. That sometimes when you see a a remake uh, for same around, you, you've got you've got kind of prejudices you've got to overcome. So. I'll probably look at it again. I thought it was okay. I thought some of it was really good and some of it less so. But they they do baby mine in that. Mm. And it's obviously a much uh, shorter sequence than in the cartoon. But yeah, again, just welled up. I think it, I think in a way it was worse because even though they, they're obviously not real elephants in this film, they mm-hmm. look more real than the cartoon versions do. And so... It just it just kind of got me in a different way to the cartoon, even even the cartoon did. So um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth uh, a, a watch. But uh, yeah, baby mine. Oh god, no. 
I know it's a it's a tearjerker. I'll definitely have to check out the remake. I just want to check it out to see. Yeah, it's always worth it's always worth looking at these uh, films just just so you you know whether it you know you think it's it's good or not. Um, right. You know, it's only two hours of your life. Who cares? Um, <laughs> right. Now, Brazzle uh, Dazzle Day. Now, okay, so there's a bit of controversy because. <laughs> I, when we were kids, well, okay, I was born in 1969. So Pete's Dragon came out when I think 1977. Mm. All right. So I was nine, eight, uh, eight years old. And we went to the theater to see this movie. This is from Pete's Dragon. It was the live action plus animated film about a boy, a homeless boy who has an invisible dragon that eventually leads him to uh, Helen Reddy's character, which I think her name was Nora. That sort of her name, and he be, he gets adopted into a real family. But he was an orphan, and and uh, he comes to this town. I, I well, let me back up a little bit. The it has some controversy because Pete's Dragon has a lot of interesting things in it for a kids' movie that kids should not be seeing. But as a child seeing the movie, we that went over our heads. Like we had no idea some of the subtext that was going on there. For example, like uh, Elliot. Elliot's the dragon. Pete is the kid, but he's like horribly abused. Like he's filthy dirty. So if this was like, child services would have been there in a heartbeat, you know, to take this yeah. kid away from this abused people that like hit him and that didn't feed him and he was filthy dirty. And then uh, Mickey Rooney's character is always drunk. Like he's he was a drunk, like the town drunk. So he was drunk at eight in the morning. You know what, he's mm. doing these scenes. It's hilarious. And the movie is super long. I think it's like two and a half hours long. It's, it, I watched it as an adult and it's just, it's way too long. But yes. we were so, it was so magical, just the dragon, Elliot. And we all wanted Elliot as a friend, kind of a thing. But I've always loved the music from Pete's Dragon. I think it's got really good music. Candle on the Water is the big ballad from that uh, show which I really loved. But Brazzle Dazzle Day is a really fun pop kind of feel-good song. Like, everything's going to be okay. It's like one of those classic Disney songs. And I really wanted to include it on the album because I thought it would be fun just to have something that's uplifting like that. Mm. And that's why I put it on there. And I know a lot of people probably don't know the song because Pete's Dragon isn't popular, I don't think. Is it? I don't think it is. I think, I think Elliot is popular. Um, I think he's quite popular as a character, but yeah, the film I don't think quite so much. I think, I think with some films, I think it does depend very much on when you saw them. So um, yeah. again, it's a film that uh, my wife quite enjoys because mm-hmm. she watched it as a kid. Now I hadn't seen it, and there's another, another film on the list um, uh, on the album, uh, one of your songs which was in another film that I'd never seen before until I was an adult. And I think when you go and watch these films as an adult, they don't, as you said, like, you know, as a kid, it was brilliant. But as an adult, you're like, oh, it's it's too long. And (laughs) I remember, you know, when I watched Pete's Dragon, I was like, God, this film is going on. So I don't even remember the song from the film, but I've only watched it once. So, you know, I looked at the title, I was like, what film is this from? And then I was like, oh, okay. And it, as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a nice song. Your version of it, at least, is nice. I can't, I haven't <laughs> seen the original uh, song yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of those ones that I didn't recognise. And again, I think it's quite bold to, um, to mix it up. You've got, as I said, you've got some very famous Disney songs and then some ones that 
are lesser known. And mm-hmm. I think that will just go and uh, get people to re-watch or, or re-listen to these original versions, having heard your interpretations. I think, too, that that's kind of what I'm generally, the general consensus is if you saw that as a kid, you loved it. And it was magical. And if you watch it as an adult, you'll have, an, you, you know, you'll have a soft spot in your heart for it. But if you've never seen it and you're watching it for the first time as an adult, you're thinking, like, what the heck is going on here? Like, this is so weird. So I think you're right. It depends on the age when you see the movie. So Mary Poppins was like that for me. It was okay. one of those films that I caught bits and pieces of when I was a kid. It used to get shown on TV a lot, but I never sat and watched the whole thing. So... I felt like I'd watched the film, but I'd never sat down and watched it properly. And then mm. when, um, when Saving Mr. Banks uh, came out, we went to see that film. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you have to go and watch Mary Poppins afterwards because you've, you know, you've seen the, the movie about how they made it and all the conflict and drama. Um, and then you want to see the finished product. And watching Mary Poppins as an adult... I can see why people love it, but again, it's another film that is very long. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, again, fantastic songs in it, but yeah, just you just thought well, it's a bit paddy. And I went to sing Mary Poppins Returns, and I love Mary Poppins Returns, but a lot of Mary Poppins fans didn't enjoy it because it wasn't their Mary Poppins. And I think again, oh. had you grown up watching this film time and time and time again, then you would have a much harder job watching a new Mary Poppins and a new actress play Mary Poppins than someone like me that didn't really care for it as a kid would have done. So I think the it makes first time you view it does make a difference. Yeah. It does make sense. And I have not, now I have not seen this new one either. I've not seen Mary Poppins Returns. So I, I do want to sit down at some point and watch it. But I can understand if your image of Mary Poppins is Julie Andrews. I mean, there's no one can ever replace her. And that's the childhood that you have. I can see where people would have a hard time mm. seeing someone else fill those shoes. Um, I, I don't know. It just, like you said before, it just it depends on when you see these films. And if you see them as a kid and it's magical and it holds that place in your heart, it, it's something completely different. And, and also as well, I think with, with uh, Mary Poppins Returns, the, the Mary Poppins in that film, she's a lot more like the character in the books. So Julia okay. Andrews was, you know, very fun and, you know, she was the perfect person whilst um, Emily Blunt's Mary Poppins is uh, very direct and to the point um, and a, almost a little bit more obnoxious. And that's how the character was written, but that's not Disney's version of Mary Poppins. Got it. So, okay. makes, yeah, makes it's, sense. it's interesting. Um, mm mm-hmm. But the next one, uh, and this was the the song we use at the end of uh, our podcast, and that's the second star to the right from Peter Pan. And it's one of those songs which I think is a beautiful song anyway, Um, but I just loved your interpretation of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so, I wanted to put this on there because I play this song a lot when I play at gigs or I play out at restaurants and, and private events. This is considered an American standard, like one of the old American standards. It's oh. such a beautiful, beautiful song. I love the melody. I've always loved the words. I've loved Peter Pan uh, since I was a kid. So it just, it was fitting, I think, to put it on here. But I just wanted to put a little bit of a 
just like a poppy jazz interpretation of it. That's all. That, that's really what I wanted to do, but still make it just simple enough so it doesn't, the melody doesn't get lost or anything like that. But I've always loved that song. It's just, it's a classic, classic Disney song. So yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Peter, Peter Pan is one of my favorite Disney animated. Now, is this from Peter Pan or is this from Return yeah. to Neverland? No, it's the, no it's Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Peter Pan. Yeah. All yeah. and even the music in Peter Pan is all great too. Like yeah. all that music, I really love too. Mm. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I can't speak for you, Mister D, but I think I used to uh, love Peter Pan because a lot of the Disney film. I mean. Got to remember I, when I was watching Disney films, it was when they were coming out on VHS for the first time and, and things like that. So a lot of the films that were coming out were, um, you know, the classics like uh, your Sleeping Beauties and your Cinderellas um, and Alice in Wonderland. And this was one of the rare films where, the, you know, the lead character was a male character. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed all the princess films, but Peter Pan was somebody that I could, you know, almost look up to. Yeah, I mean, he's a bad example. When you think about it, he's a very bad example of what you should look up to. But <laughs> exactly, <laughs> when right. you're five or six, you you don't think about that, you know. But um, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we, we um, you know, it was it was just. I think it was one of the very first Disney movies that we ever bought on what be VHS. So it mm. was one of the very first proper Disney VHS tapes that we had, and the kids just literally wore that thing out you know i mean they would watch it again and again and again it's be a pan be a pan and uh but but we loved it and just it's just got really nice memories for us as a family and uh it's funny when i was when i was listening to the album it was yesterday i was listening to it and at the same time i was actually putting together because we talked about having a, a pub quiz a disney pub quiz episode and i was putting together the questions for that so about three hours just and, and this was a great accompaniment, you know, to, to do that too. So I really enjoyed the album. Cool, thank you. And, That's and awesome. this song and this song in particular. This was this was my favorite, I think. Thank you. It's a it's a beautiful song. I loved recording it. Again, I play it all the time when I play out at places. It's just, it's just the perfect it's one of those perfect little Disney songs, you know, just perfect. So yeah. I love it. Now, uh, Bibbity Bobbity Boo is the next uh, track on the album. And again, it's just one of those songs that is so kind of almost synonymous with Disney. Like when you think of Disney, classic Disney songs, that's one of them. Like everyone, I think, knows that song. This is in my top four songs vying to be the favourite song on the album. It's like cool. the Spanish, oh, it's Spanish <laughs> Inquisition, this. It's like the Spanish right. Inquisition. Um, but this one just takes me back to when my daughters were little girls in the parks going to be made up as princesses in the castle. It's just absolutely fabulous. Well, like, every, I mean, everyone knows this song from Cinderella. Yeah. It's a great song. It's a classic, and uh, I wanted to do it because I wanted to put something like that on there that was really fast and peppy, but change it once again. Like not have, again, going back to a musical term, not the 6-8 timing that it's usually in, but make it 4-4 time and make it a little bit more jazzy pop. So that's what I tried to do with the song, and it was fun to play. It was just a lot of fun to record. It was a lot of fun. So 
I'm glad I put it on there. And I was afraid at first because I didn't know if people, I, I, maybe this is one of the most songs on the album that's a little different from what the original is. Because this one really does sound different. It's very poppy and jazzy. Not that, da -da 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 it's nothing like that. So I didn't know if people would like it or maybe not, but I thought the arrangement, I really felt comfortable recording that arrangement. And I loved the song. I mean, the melody is so great. And I think it sounds great even in the different timing. It's such a perfectly written little song that no matter what you just throw at it, I thought it turned out pretty good. And uh, it's just one of those classic, again, classic Disney songs that when I hear it, I actually think about the Disney parks. Like I think about Disney World and going there and all that kind of stuff. So I I'm glad you liked it. I was, it was really fun to do. It was, it was, it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. Um, cool. And so I mentioned earlier about films that I didn't see until I was an adult for the first time. Um, you put on the, the age of not believing from mm -hmm. bed knobs and broomsticks. I never watched bed knobs and broomsticks when I was a kid. And uh, the first time I ever watched bed knobs and broomsticks was on the night of my wedding. <laughs> now, wow. now most what, people, now? yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I understand what happens normally, um, on the wedding night. Um, but but not for us. We watched a Disney film, and my wife chose it, and she chose Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I'd never watched it before, so I was like, "Yep, yeah, let's let's whack it on." A bit of Angela Lansbury, and um, the Angel Not Believing. Even when I saw it on the on the album track listing, I was thinking, oh, "I'm sure, I'm sure that sounds familiar, but I'm not sure what from, uh, what film it was from." And then I started listening to it, and I thought, "Hang on, that's Angela Lansbury singing." I mean, it clearly wasn't. It was you playing the piano, and there was no lyrics <laughs> at all. But I, I got, I got that film. I got that scene in my head, and I was like, ah. Oh. And Ben and Broomsticks is one of those films which I don't think there's a lot of love for. Like, I don't hear people say it's rubbish or anything like that. But nor do I hear people kind of um, big it up. You know, it's a bit unloved. Yeah. yeah, you Thanks don't hear a lot about it. Yeah, you, you don't. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great song, though. I, it's like a coming-of-age song, like the age of not believing, doubting yourself, talking about being, you know, believing in yourself, that kind of thing. It's got a great message. But I, you're right, I don't hear people talking about the movie that much, or even that song, to be mm. honest. But I've always loved the song. I think it's great. Um, and I just wanted to put something on there. On there. I'm just like a pop ballad kind of thing, and I just thought it was a really pretty melody to do on piano. And uh, if people don't know the song, definitely, like we talked about before, if you go back and listen to the original, check out the words in that song, because they're really, really cool. They're very pretty. It was nominated for an Oscar, wasn't it? It was uh, oh. nominated for Best uh -huh. Original Song. Okay. Um, yeah, because it was written by the Sherman Brothers. Well, the, the whole thing was written by the Sherman Brothers, wasn't it? Right. Just about to ask you that, actually, if you will, because it sounds very Sherman-like, but I will, you know, you, you're never quite sure, are you? So, yeah. Bedknobs bed was my poppins, basically. Bedknobs, uh, me nan and granddad had a video of it when I was little or when I was growing up. And I can always remember watching, I, I think it was only taped off the telly. Obviously, it wasn't a bought one, but it just takes me back to sitting yeah. in my nan and granddad's back room on whatever day whatever rainy day and just watching it and that was the That's thing awesome. that we wanted. Yeah. 
And it's um, it's funny you mentioned Poppins because I think I always think of it like, um, I hate to call it a poor man's Poppins, but it's kind of similar, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, you yeah. know, it's part live action, part animated. Mm-hmm. Um, came out a little bit after Poppins, I think. Um, yeah, it came out and, in the seventies, didn't, didn't it? Yeah, and I think that's probably the the problem, really. It, you know, if you compare it to Mary Poppins, it's hard to compare it to Mary Poppins, but it's still a really good film and it's all right. Um, right. Uh, yeah. The scene, the scene that I love actually is the Portobello Road scene. It's a fantastic mm. musical dance oh. extravaganza, really. Um, but it's, some, it's a really good film. Unusual, though, to have a Disney film that's got Nazis in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bit strange. Yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't wash nowadays, that's for sure. Probably not. No. And of course, of course, Bedknobs and Brimsticks has one of the uh, most iconic lines of any film of all time, which is uh, when the little boy goes, what do you want to do with my knob? <laughs> which, uh, you know, obviously in, in the UK has, has much stronger connotations than anywhere, anywhere else. But, oh man. <laughs> I think I, I can guess though. I can yeah, get the hint. I, I, and again, you know, I watched this, this film for the first time on my wedding night and I was just <laughs> on the floor in tears. Because I didn't, I, I had no idea about it. I didn't see it coming. It just mm. came out as if it was an innocent line. And oh, I was rolling around. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but it's a great song. I loved your version of it. it it's my favourite song on the album, I think. Thank Mainly you. because cool. as much as, you know, and I picked Hi Ho and I picked um, the second side to the right for the podcast itself. But it's one of those songs which not many people talk about. You don't hear people say how great it is, or you don't hear it very often. And therefore, right. it stood out for me as being an, a, a bold choice, but a great version that you've done of it as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's Again, I love the song. I love the melody, and I think it's got a great message. So I, I love it. And, and you end the album with, um, I think, another real classic disney song um that kind of goes back i think to like the the, the melancholy and the, and the sadness that you know we talked about in some of the other songs with uh once upon a dream again this yeah this is one of my favorites it's just one again a very beautiful a little well i don't know if i'd consider it as haunting as baby mine but it's just a beautiful no. beautiful melody and i've you know i've known you i've walked with you once upon a dream it's just the words are great i love the melody i thought it was a cool way to end the album and i put a little bit of a spin on it like i i did some instrumental stuff in between there and put some different like melodies of my own in it uh, but i kind of wanted to keep it almost the same because it's just so perfect the way that it is and again it's just one of those classic disney songs disney moments that people most disney fans will know what this is i mean just it's classic so that's why i wanted to end the album with that i thought it was a good way yeah no i i agree i i, I can't argue with that um and I also i think it, it's got an interesting history because unlike some like the bare necessities which you've had lots of cover versions of over the years mm-hmm. once upon a dream um the only other version i i, I really remember is the uh the lana del rey version that they did for the Maleficent movie oh, um, okay. a few years okay. ago and that is um, because of how she sings, because of her voice it, it appears a lot more kind of haunting than the original 
the, right. the original's kind of got that undertone to it, but her version obviously takes that up, uh, turns it up to 11 um, in being kind of like sad and dramatic, overly dramatic and, and stuff. But um, hmm. yeah, I, I just this love version, this version. Um, reminds me of a music box. Mm. Oh, yeah. Inter- cool, yeah. That's, that's a good know. observation. Yeah, it's just nice and slow and it's just lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, thank you. It was a great song. Again, it was a great song to record. I do play this one out a lot as well. Um, people do know this song. So when I do start to play it, they're like, oh, Once Upon a Dream or Sleeping Beauty or whatever. You know, they, they know this. So it's, it's, a, it's a very well-known song. But I just thought it was a nice, just perfect way to put like an end cap on the album. You know, just like the good way to end it. Yeah. Like a limoncello at the end of a, a nice Italian meal, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nice aperitif. Um, <laughs> now, Craig, I know that um, there was a question that you wanted to uh, ask Tom. So, fire yeah, away. Yeah. Well, I know you've done Zippity Doodah on one of the other albums, uh, mm-hmm. Magical Music 2, was it? Something. I think um, magical moments do. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Now, there's there's a lot of um, history with that film, uh, Song of the South, and I don't think we'll ever get to see it again as right. a as a as a film. But it looks like here Disney put an album out of the music from the film um, as recently as 2014. So, is this something that you would consider? bring into the masses I, I did not know that actually i didn't realize now here's okay i've never seen song of the south in its entire like in its entirety it was never available to us and i didn't really know what it was about or why people had an issue with it till later on and when i did zippity doodah at the time i was only thinking of doing it as because that song makes me think of disney world like mm-hmm. in all the commercials yeah, they used to use yeah like to advertise but knowing what the movie is about, the way that it portrays slavery, and the, the like, I'm not comfortable with it. So I totally understand why people have a problem with the movie. Um, I'm not sure if I would do an album of Song of the South stuff. I'm not sure. I, it's a good question. But I, I do know there's a lot of controversy around that movie. And I, I've never seen it. Like, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. So I'm not sure it's, it's something I would do, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I seen it. It used to be on ITV quite a oh, lot in, it in used our be, country. Yeah, ITV, BBC showed it. It used to be mm. on a lot in the 80s, yeah. Okay. And I've never seen it all the way through, but I've been, I've watched it while I was in the room type of thing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I just find it strange that there's so much controversy around it. But then up pops this album, you know, yeah. the music's out there. It's, it's, it's just strange. Just, I think you're trying what? to separate the the, the, the the kind of arts, the two arts. You've got the music art and you've got the, the film art. And yeah. I think you're trying, not, not you, but I think what they're trying to do with that is, because as you said, like you, you, you pick Zippity Doodah because you used to hear it a lot in adverts and, uh, you know, Disney World commercials and things like that. And it is one of those songs which I think a lot of people know. If you ask them where that song came from, they'd probably say Disney. 
but they probably right. wouldn't be able to associate it with the film. And I think that could be what they're trying to do, which is kind of go, look at all these great songs from this film. You can't watch the film because, it, you know, now it's, we kind of recognise it's a bit problematic. But aren't mm-hmm. these songs great? You know, and, and right, trying to do that right. because look, Splash Mountain, they built a whole attraction I know. <laughs> from a segment of this I film. Know. You know? So true. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we, I can't, was he talking about it with Jim Hill or we was talking about it on an episode recently about the fact that I find it like amazing that by the time Splash Mountain had opened at the Disney parks, Disney themselves had said, like, you know, we're not going to sell Song Song of the South. We're not going to let it be shown on TV anymore. Uh, we're going to kind of forget the movie ever happened. And then mm. you open an attraction, which is <laughs> effectively based on it. And, yeah, the animator segments, but even so, it's from that film. So there's now generations of, of kids that are now adults and their kids that go on this attraction and had no idea it's actually based on, um, you know, Songs of the South. Right. Because most people, a lot of people don't know that. And like, you're right. When they hear zippity doo Dot, they just think it's Disney. It's something mm. from the parks or something. They don't realize it's from a movie. A yeah. Lot, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. That are younger, like younger kids and stuff today. They don't know that. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a great song. Like zippity doo Dot. It's, I mean, it's hard because it's such a fantastic song. So I think you're right. Maybe they are trying to separate the music because there's some good stuff in there. Maybe they're trying to separate that from the film and just say, can we appreciate the music, you know, aside, take it apart from the film and appreciate the music for what it, what it was. Mm. Now we, we've talked about the album a lot and we're going to, um, you know, let you, you plug it uh, before the end of the episode. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, about you and the current situation that we're finding ourselves in, because, you know, you do a lot of work um, in public uh, playing oh. music. So how has, has that uh, been for you? Like this, this whole situation where we're, we're locked down, um, how have you been able to uh, adapt to the changes? Well, I have to tell you, as, as I'm sure you've heard from a lot of people, not just musicians, but it's been really difficult because all the music gigs and stuff are gone right now. I mean, no one's hiring for parties. No one's having events at hotels or restaurants. And I played, I had a regular gig at a restaurant a couple times a week that I play here in LA. Like that's gone because all the restaurants are closed. So it's been really, really difficult. So what I've been trying to do is do these Facebook streams where I'll, I'll perform for like 30 minutes or so every other week and just do some concerts that way. And if people want to tune in, they can. And, and it, it helps just to be able to play for people, you know, and that they're listening. It's a, it's a good outlet for me as well. So I've been trying to do that. And I'm trying to set up virtual piano lessons, which is something new for me because I've taught in person, but I've never taught virtual piano. But I did it uh, a few times a couple weeks ago and it was, it was totally fine. I mean, it was really cool. So I'm trying to get that started. But I have to tell you, until things start to get back to normal, it's, it's tough. It's really tough because as the gig worker, as like a musician, that's where you get most of your money is from playing out at the gigs and stuff. So it, it's been difficult, but I, I mean, I get, I understand why we're doing it. Totally understand. I just think this is such a unique time for the whole planet. And I think hopefully we can learn some lessons from what's happened, but I want to go back and to, 
well, I don't know how normal it's going to ever be from now on, but I would like to go back to normal life, but do it the right way and not go back too early. Cause I don't want to have to shelter in place in, like in July for another three months. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, let's just be patient, but wait it out and just get back to it the right way. That's, that's how I'm trying to look at it. How is, how's it going for you guys over there? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, in the job that I do, um, because uh, spoiler alert, listeners, um, podcasting. Although it seems like my my full time gig with the amount of podcasts we put out, it is just uh, a hobby. Um, but uh, in my full time job, I, I generally work from home anyway. So yeah. when this lockdown happened and they said, uh, you know, we're going to need you to um, all work from home, um, it was fine for me, and it was mm-hmm. fine for a lot of my um, my colleagues because the business that we do, it is easy for us to be able to work remotely um, and still be able to do all the work that we usually do. Um, and because of the line of work, I mean, actually we're, we're probably busier now than ever because um, we're supporting the people that are now in the same situation that aren't used to working from home. So we're trying right. to keep them connected and, and trying to figure out how things are going to work for them. Um, so for me, it, it's, it's been very busy um i've been quite lucky in 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 that regard um but uh yeah a lot of my my friends um you know who who have various different jobs they've been furloughed or mm-hmm. um you know my wife is a mobile hairdresser so um she yeah. can't do anything at, at the moment um i mean the kids are keeping her very busy because they're obviously out of school but um yeah I, you know she doesn't know when she'll be able to uh, start being able to go around to people's houses again to uh, to cut their hair because obviously even when the restrictions are lifted, if you're going to someone's house, mm-hmm. well, what if they're sick and they didn't know? You know, you'll be bringing know. that back to the house. So, yeah, it's, it's it's very strange times. Um, I'd say probably the 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 worst of us that's been hit is Craig because it's hard for you to work from home, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm a I'm a train driver. I don't know if you know that, Tom, but oh, so, I did not know that. Oh, okay. I, I drive from Liverpool, where I live, down to London uh, on a daily basis, and it's okay being in the driving cab on your own. Um, our company yeah. have been brilliant to keep us working. Um, they give us all the tools we need. We've got disinfectants. We've got face masks. We've got gloves. Uh, we've cool. Got antibacterial wipes we've got everything um but we're just driving empty trains because no one's basically allowed to travel oh, we might have yeah two wow. or three passengers on the train got the the whole railway industry has been renationalized for six months um just to keep people moving the people who need to move can move and sure. it's just I, I've had some dark days where I get really um, worried about the situation because mm-hmm. it, it's not like you can see that you're infected. You know, if you've got chicken pox or something like that, you can see that you, you've got a physical um, disability almost. But with this thing, you could touch a surface and just scratch your eyeball and next thing you're infected and then you're bringing it into your family. So... I, when I get home from work, I have to strip off and get straight in the shower and all my clothes go in the washing machine. Um, so, yeah, the, the first two weeks of lockdown, I drank quite a 
a lot of ale, so I, don't, I, I don't blame you. Oh my god, yeah. that's got to yeah. be stressful. That has to be stressful. Craig, you're well, doing it wrong. I've, you're doing it wrong. Well, you you should be going home and getting in the shower fully clothed, and that way you can wash your clothes and <laughs> then wash yourself, and then that way it saves uh, it saves the trip. Save yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I did. I was drinking quite a lot uh, to cope yeah. with it, but uh, alcohol is not the answer, people. It's a depressant. I know. I know. I understand. But it's but at least, well, I mean, they're doing it too to keep you employed, right? So that you have income coming in. And Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so lucky in that respect. Um, yeah. But I do love, I, I've just had 11 rest days off on the bounce. So I was in the house wow. for 11 days. And it was wonderful. Best 11 <laughs> days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Take a little break from it all, you know? Definitely. So, so Tom, your, your local park is Disneyland, I suppose. Yes, that's true. So um, what do you think you're going to do when they do open their doors? Do you, do you think you'll want to go back there you know fairly soon after it opens or do you think you would rather kind of hold back until you'd kind of assess the situation i think i would hold back a little bit only because i have asthma so Mm. i just have to be just a little careful with it uh i would probably wait i would say a good couple months just to see if cases spike or how it's going down there, or if Disney has, I'm sure Disney is going to have very creative and very effective ways of, of making sure everyone's healthy down when you're going to the park, like taking your temperature. I'm sure they're going to be wiping down surfaces all the time. I, I'm sure they're going to come up with some good, good things. So it's not that I don't trust that, but I just think being around a lot of people at first would be a little I don't know, I'd be a little stressed out about it. But I think after a couple months or a month or two, I would definitely give it a go. I think I would. Mm. How, I, how, would you go right away or would you, would you hold off and see? What do you think? It, it, it's tough for us, isn't it, Craig, um, in the UK? Because not only do we have to think about that as, aspect of it, but also... Um, it's what we we're allowed to do because at the moment yeah. we couldn't travel to America if we wanted to, uh, no, that's and vice right. versa. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. our our government has shut the border here, and you know Donald Trump has shut the border over there. So mm-hmm. unless um, both countries allow travel to to occur, we couldn't go if we wanted to. Um, but for me, I, I'd be happy to go once i knew that there was a way of uh you know trying to get it under control um and also that the the right measures are are put into place and like you say disney are not going to um you know open things up if they haven't thought about all the eventualities because they're not going to want to risk the health of their guests and nor are they going to want to have a load of lawsuits for, right. for not doing right. the right thing, you know. I um, I think you'll be signing some sort of waiver that when you cross uh, onto Disney property, you are wavering the, your right to sue them if you get COVID nineteen and die. That's oh, right. right. Man, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, good it's luck to sue them if you died, but you know. 
Yeah, but like you said before, it's not like chicken pox or anything like that. It's it's invisible, and you could be asymptomatic and have it and pass. So it's it's just it's a crazy, crazy time. It, it's crazy, you know. In, injecting bleach isn't the answer. Um, no. Oh my god! Just to clarify, um, <laughs> I think we can we can all agree yeah, on that. <laughs> yeah, since now, since we're now the laughing stock of the world, please don't listen to this. You know what I mean? Like we, there are are many of us here in America that are only listening to our doctors and to see what they say. I mean, that was just crazy town. Oh goodness! Yeah, don't do any of that. Don't ingest bleach. Don't do anything like that. It will not work. Uh, no, don't eat don't eat Tide Pods. But the good news is, is that right. um, Disney are, of course, you know, always trying to think ahead of themselves. Um, yeah. And I don't know if if you guys saw this, but um, this week, uh, Shop Disney only in, only in the states for now, but I'm guessing it will come to the UK soon. But um, Disney are releasing a whole range of uh, fabric face masks. Yeah, I did see those. Oh, I've seen that. That's yeah. cool. I, I, you know what? I can't. I can't mock them because there is. I mean, there's 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 a few different sets. So there's like a, a Marvel theme set, and there's a Pixar theme set, and there's a Disney Animals theme set. And I've got to say, like, I, I don't think I want the whole sets, but there are at least a few from each one that I could quite happily uh, wear. And um, yeah, they're not going to be proper face masks that are going to protect you from everything but it's better than than having nothing and um i thought they were quite fun and, and also i believe that um some of the money raised is going to charity so that's cool. it's for that's a good cool. cause you know yeah well also to remember when we when things start to get lifted we're probably going to have to wear face masks for a while even if yeah. we're out in public. So that might be a good, I mean, I'm mean, sure Disney can make a lot of money selling those even in the parks. Like when, once the parks open, you probably come in with normal masks, but they have all these different masks available for purchase. I mean, it's a really clever idea by yeah. them to do that. So, I mean, I think we're going to be wearing masks for a little while. So we we're just not going to do face mask trading. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to do that. No, but I, I, as a principal, I think it's a wonderful idea, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I hope Universal get on board. Um, you know, our company has issued everybody with face masks uh, going forward. Like you say, I think for the for the foreseeable, face yeah. masks are the way to go. Yeah, I think so too. I have I bought one of those uh, UV lights so that when I come home, I can I UV light down all my groceries that I buy at the grocery store because yeah. it kills all the germs. It kills the coronavirus. UV light does. So I, what I do is I just go around and just do it all and just put it on my shelves. But I mean, I've never done that ever in my life before, but it's just something, the new normal for right now for me. Well, the, the thing is, I, I was saying this to a friend of mine the other day, like because of what's happened, we now think of everything completely differently. So I was in a supermarket the other day and I wanted to get something and it was in a freezer that had a door handle Mm. and it was one of the rare times I'd gone out without any gloves or anything. And I didn't even think about it. And as soon as I touched the door handle, I went, Oh, you idiot. (laughs) Now I had, I had disinfectant gel. So, you know, I just cleaned my hands straight away kind of thing. But do you know what I mean? Like, you know, two months ago, 
that thought wouldn't have even gone through my head. We do this no. all the time. Um, you know, everything we, we've done on a daily basis for our entire lives, now we're rethinking all of that stuff. And right. it's going to be like that for a while because once you start doing these kind of things, that is, even when, you know, it's safe, we're, we're safe again, it's probably going to take a long time to get out of that of those habits. And in a way, although, yeah, we're going to turn into complete nutters in how hygienic and clean and how we think about doing things we're going to be in the future in a way that's probably a good thing this could be a blessing in disguise in how we actually do things going forward yeah because we're thinking about stuff we normally wouldn't have i'm the same way i think about everything i touch when i go to the grocery store i usually have gloves on but then i take them off i have like cheap plastic gloves that you can Mm -hmm. dispose after one use but then i take it off and I think, well, I still have to touch my keys to get into the car. And like, I, I, but did I touch my keys with my gloves? But, but I do have the sanitizer and stuff as well. I've got some hand sanitizer with me. Yeah. But it's just thinking this way that, we, that we're not used to thinking. So yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. But no, I think, I think you're right, Craig. I think, uh, you know, Disney face masks are going to be like the new ponchos. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait to get some. <laughs> I've just got to get there first. I just can't see myself getting on an airplane anytime soon, well, even if they said tomorrow you can fly. You know, interestingly, right. I was reading up on this the other day, and because of the type of filtration systems they have on, on airplanes, because my big thing has always been like the recycled air, but apparently mm. like the, um, the type of um, HEPA filters that they've got on the planes are so powerful um, that... Um, the chances of, of actually catching it on a plane because of recycled air are zero. Like they're so good. Um, wow. It, as long as you weren't touching other people or letting them cough in your face, it probably means you're all right. That's not, however, going to stop people wanting to wear masks on a plane. I still think right. that's going to be a thing for a while. But um, yeah, actually, in, in terms of kind of transport, it's probably up there. Is, one is of the better that the. Ones. Uh, is that the follow-on to snakes on a plane? Masks on a plane? <laughs> Masks on a plane, yes. It's the, it's the sequel we've all been crying out for. <laughs> oh, man. It's awesome. Um, I know. But, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we always love having you on, um, and you're always welcome. I mean, you know, we try and get you on if you've got a new album coming out or something, but by all means, um, you know, don't feel that's the only reason uh, we want to have you on. Anytime you want to come on, you're, you're more than welcome to. But um, where can people uh, find the new album and try and point them in the direction of where you're going to see the, the most value from their money? <laughs> right. Well, they can. If you go to my website, Tom Amin Music, and Amin is spelled A-M-E-E-N. But if you go to Tom Amin Music, right when you get to the front page, it says uh, click here to listen to the new album. You can listen to it for free on Spotify, and that does help. We do get, I do get um, some royalties every time people stream it. Uh, and then right below that is you can buy it on iTunes as well. So if you'd rather have the MP3s uh, like to put on your computer or your phone or whatever, you can do that. I mean, I definitely get more money if you purchase the album, but streaming the album is fine as well. And you can stream it for free, which is great on Spotify. This is on Spotify. But I believe it's also on like Google Play, Amazon. I believe it's everywhere. But I get the most money from Spotify. 
But it, yeah, it's go on, ahead. So it's on Apple Music as well. So it's interesting that you say that. So Spotify actually pays more money to the artist than Apple Music does. I think, well, I'm not, well, you know what? I'm not sure because actually I'm getting a lot of spins on Spotify way more than on Apple Music and Amazon. So I'm actually not sure I'd have to research that. But because I'm getting a lot of spins on Spotify, it does equal to like a nice chunk of change. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, I can't pay rent with it, but it, it really helps every month. And it's been so nice to have that. And I got to tell you guys, you're going to laugh. My, you will never guess what my number one um, uh, streaming song is. Like, you'll never guess what the number one above everything else. Are you ready? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's Winnie the Pooh. It's my number one streaming mm -hmm. song. It's bizarre to me. I don't that get That is bonkers. It's hilarious. But anyway, I'm glad. I mean, I have no problems with it, but it's just so funny. Winnie the Pooh always comes up at the top of the list. But anyway, go to TomAminMusic.com and you hit that button. You could stream it for free on Spotify. Or if you want, you can buy it on iTunes. Either or is fine. There you go. And, and yeah, I <laughs> listen to it. I'm, I'm in the UK, so I, I know that it, it does vary region by region. But um, I was listening to the album on um, Amazon Music uh, Prime. Nice. I paid, nice. oh, Amazon Music Unlimited, I think it's called. Um, so that's like a, a paid for service. A bit like Apple Music, you, you pay a monthly fee. Um, cool. but yeah, it was, it was on there as well. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, listen to it, check it out, buy the album. It's fantastic. Um, going to probably put some snippets in, in while we're talking as well. So people got uh, a bit of a taste of what we've been talking about. Um, and also, um, as you said, you've been doing some concerts, uh, what don't I say concerts that I know that's full orchestra or anything, but you know, know right. <laughs> I know I thought about it too I'm like they're not really concerts they're more I guess they're just called streams you know Facebook streams I guess I think what you need to do if you do it in a, um, a dinner suit I think then you can call it a concert um, there you go. I think uh, if it's more smart casual it, it's probably a stream but um, where can people <laughs> find you on uh, social media to to watch those when you have them well, if they want to do that, just go to Facebook and just look for Tom Amin Music and just like the page. That's my official page. And then every time I, I post to that, when I do uh, streams and stuff, I put a little thing together, an event, and then you'll get an alert that that's happening. So yeah, Tom Amin Music on Facebook and link up there and then you'll be alerted to all the concert or stuff that's coming up. Yeah. And I'll, I'll include the link in the, in the show notes as well. So um, people cool. can check it out, but yeah, I mean, I've I've gone through my Facebook feed, and as I'm going through my news feed, I've suddenly seen that uh, you've just uh, you've gone live, and uh, you know I, mm -hmm. I can catch a bit of that, you know, while I'm supposed to be working. So I don't, I can't watch the whole thing, but you know, while I've got cool. a spare five minutes, nice. I'll uh, <laughs> nice. I'll tune in to nice. see you. And it's awesome. What watching someone play the piano, I think is is one of life's joys. Like it's it's so skillful i'm useless on a piano my daughter's trying to learn at the moment um <laughs> she at six was better than i was after about three years of learning music at school but um you know it, it's great and and obviously because of your experience you know it's it's watching a professional it's it, it's really uh, hypnotizing to watch and the music's great so thank you um for all that you do um and i hope our listeners can enjoy some of your work 
Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk to you guys. It's always a pleasure. So thanks so much. No problem. Always, always great to have you on. So uh, thank you, dear listener, for uh, downloading this episode. And thank you to Craig. And thank you to Mr. D. And we'll be back with another uh, Disney Parts and Beyond in a few weeks. Thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, oh, thanks, thank Tom. you, guys. That was fun. Thank you so much for having me again. It's awesome. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.